Hello, everyone, and welcome into the What Comes First podcast. I'm your host, Keith Cantor, and I'm really excited today because today's going to be a special day. I don't think it's going to take long for you to figure out why. Uh, our guests today are Hampton Dorch and my son, Harrison Cantor. So that's what really makes it special. And your first question might be, why is your son on your podcast? And uh, to answer that question, I, I really wanted today to talk about the benefits of mentorship. And I know mentorship can come in all different shapes and sizes, but since last August, Hampton and Harrison have entered in what would be like more of a traditional style mentorship program with Hampton a more, uh, you're not that old, but <laughs> older, older uh, mentor with a little more experience and a little more seasoning to Harry being the mentor, mentee and being the less experienced or uh, the one needing to learn things. So uh, just a quick introduction. Hampton is an account executive, WildSpark, a company that is uh, consistently bringing out materials and leadership development to help your company grow, uh, build culture, and uh, just improve uh, in, in company engagement. Uh, Hampton is married to his beautiful wife, Erica, and some relatively recent news, he's about to be a first-time dad. So congratulations, Hampton. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. I'm super excited about it. And uh, if if I have a child, we know it's a girl, but if the, if she turns out with half the character that uh that that Harry has, I think we'll yeah. we'll be in good hands. <laughs> yeah. Well, our our that's nice of you to say. And our other guest is Harrison Cantor, also known as Harry Cantor. Uh, Harry is a rising ju uh, junior at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide, uh, majoring yeah, in finance, time. and I'm proud to say he's doing r many things right uh, as a college student. So welcome in, guys. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought we'd kick off uh, first, Hampton, and go back to last August. I called you on the phone. Um, I kind of rolled out this idea to you about mentorship and would you be willing to kind of engage as a mentor to Harrison? And basically I said, hey, would you mentor my kid? And uh, we had a little bit of questions, but take us back to that call and the time we hung up and kind of how you went through the process of deciding that you would do it and why you wanted to do it. First off, it was very flattering that you'd reach out and call me. And I, I think I have to rewind maybe a little bit further than August when I met Keith uh, a long time ago. Uh, I, I, well, a long time ago, a couple of years ago, I was at, I was at Wild Spark. I'm still here and I'm in sales and we do leadership development. And, you know, from looking at Keith for five seconds on LinkedIn and on FCM's website, I'm like, this looks like the kind of guy that, that <laughs> wants to develop his people. So I'm going to do everything I can to get in touch with him. So I sent him a letter, I sent him a box and, he gave me some time. We got to know each other a little bit. Um, Wild Spark. Hey, maybe one day, FCM, if you're listening to this, maybe you'll get to experience <laughs> Wild Spark. But I know you all have some great things in place when it comes to leadership development. And so from there, we we kept in touch a little bit. Um, but for those of you that may or may not be connected to me on LinkedIn, I do post a good bit. And uh, some people may like that. Some people might not. But I think Keith kept seeing me there, which maybe kept me top of mind. And so for one, that was really affirming to me that you reached out because I realized that while we hadn't been, you know, messaging each other every day, I, I, I guess you saw my name. So I definitely want to be mindful of, of what I'm putting out there. But it was it was cool to see that I'd 
I guess had been having some impact or made some sort of impression from afar that way. And so when you ask me to uh, to do this with Harry, I mean, the first my one, I was flattered, but I also would say the number one qualifier for me to say yes to something like this is uh, the the child or son or student to want it. You know, if, if Harry was um, the, the, the prodigal son who was like, I don't want to meet with this guy, then I don't know how well this whole thing would go. Um, but I think it's a testament to the way that you've raised him and, and you have obviously been a mentor and he learns a ton from you. I can't, I can't tell you how many times we're on the phone and Harry's like, well, my father said this, <laughs> Keith said this. And so I, I think that knowing that this was something that Harry wanted um, made it even more attractive to me. And then also it just around that time, one thing I've noticed is being in the leadership development space, I'm constantly selling this idea to other executives of, hey, the most important thing you can do is develop your people, which Keith, I know that I know that you're doing that. But so often they come to me and say, hey, my managers that are in their upper 20s, 30 years old, they've gotten promoted and they got promoted because they were the best loan officer or they were the best in sales or they were they they've been with us for a while, but now they don't necessarily know how to lead. And I think that's because nobody really thinks about leadership until they get that title. And then at that point, it's kind of too late. So I thought, what if you start thinking about leadership before? And the best way to do that is to lead yourself. And the best time to start is as early as possible. And for Harry's case, he was a freshman in college. And when I was a freshman in college, I was playing a lot more video games than he was <laughs> and studying a lot less. And so the idea that I could have an opportunity to just meet with someone who was hungry really fired me up. And I, I, I only want to hang out more with Harry. So yeah. it's, it's been awesome so far. Well, Hampton, you know, as I was writing down a few things, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but but the, the word that kept coming to my mind is discipleship. And hmm. uh, we can talk about that a little later. But, uh, you know, I know that uh, Harrison has benefited greatly from your discipleship over the past year. Uh, and it's, it's had a tremendous impact on his life. But I'll let him tell that. Um, but before we get to that, Harrison, um, before Hampton, you had an engagement with a coach and, and more of a traditional style. It, it wasn't, wasn't really a mentorship. It was more of a paid coach where the coach was to meet with you and you did goal setting and all that stuff. And I'll let you, you know, talk more about it. But what's the difference in working with the coach that you, that we had employed for your benefit, as opposed to working more in this mentorship space with Hampton? What has been the differences Good and bad. Um, so first off, with the coach, I think that he definitely he knew a lot more about the psychological side of things when it comes to just the human brain in general. And so he came to a lot of anytime I ever had a problem or anytime I've ever, you know, just talked to him in general, he always brought up well, this is this side of the brain and it does this and it functions this way. And that's why people are, are the way they are. And I think that the mentorship is a lot more personable. I think that I could come to Hampton with any problem in my life, whether it be personable, um, it could be academics, it could be, it could be anything. And I think that this mentorship compared to the coach is more of a friendship rather than just me sitting down with the coach for an hour and him saying, okay, well, today we're going to work on this. And the reason we're going to work on this is because you suck at this. 
And the reason you're bad at this is because of something psychologically that you have to improve on. Now, I will say that the coach is still a great idea for sure. I think everyone should have a coach. I think everyone should have a mentor. Um, But I believe that the way I've benefited with Hampton differently than the coach is I, I feel like I can talk to Hampton a lot more about anything when it comes to just I mean, just day-to-day business, you know, me and Hampton text daily most of the time during the week. And with the coach, I felt like I was bugging him or, you know, I felt like I couldn't come to him about my girlfriend or um, any kind of personal relationship. I think the coach was more, he worked on, you know, whether it was public speaking or whether it was, um, I'm introverted pretty much. So, how do we work on, you know, you being in public situations or anything? And I think Hampton has a lot more built me up in relationships or, you know, Christ or, you know, working hard, leading yourself. So I think that I think that they're both good options. I just think that the mentorship is way more personable than what a coach would yeah. be like. Yeah, thanks for that, Harrison. So Hampton, uh, as Harrison was describing that, uh Number one, do you see the relationship the same way? And then, but I guess I I felt like there might have been a little warning there because you get too friendly, you don't accomplish growth, right? So where's that balance between being a good friend in a mentorship, but also the accountability and the things that really drive us forward and and improve us? I think that's a good question to ask. one thing that I've experienced with mentors I've had in my life is they just listen to me because they care. And I know that I think this comes from more of a coaching model. I know there's some overlap between both of these, but so often I hear this advice of ask and listen, don't tell and sell. And I think early on in my life, it's someone shares what's going on in their life. And I am, and that's part of my personality. For those of you that are familiar with Patrick Lencioni's working genius, I'm a galvanizer. And so I want to tell and sell. I want to be like, oh, you've got this going on. You can do this and you can this and this. But if someone comes up with the idea on their own, they're going to take a lot more ownership of it. And that's what I've experienced with Harry. It's been uh, relatively easy just because of so much of our relationship is me just asking questions and him coming to these conclusions on his own of decisions he needs to make, whether it's mm-hmm. – um, continuing to to work for the the Crimson Tide football team or focus more on finding internships um, or what internship to find in the summer or where to get plugged in or how to spend his time or what habits to build. And so, so much of it has just been me asking questions. And I think sometimes those questions need to be challenging. Like we were on the phone yesterday and it's about to be summer. And one thing I wanted to make sure to ask is, what are you really excited about this summer? What do you think you're going to crush, whether it's your internship or uh, you know, goals that you have in the gym. And then where are some, um, wh- where might you have blind spots? Where do you need to be aware of um, going into this summer so that you don't look back and say, oh, I wish I would have done that. And so even just asking those challenging questions, I, I think has been, been, been helpful for, for us. Yeah. So Hampton, you haven't had any formal mentorship training or, or have you, um, I guess I would ask, do you have any certifications or uh, any formal training around mentorship or are you just kind of uh, learning from others that have mentored to you and you just want to pass that on through discipleship? 
it's funny you ask because when Keith and I talked back August, I, I remember sitting in the chair I'm in right now kind of saying, well, I think that we could do this thing and and this little program. And I like to measure life through body being balanced and business and this and that. And he was like, hey, all that's great. But I just I just want you to be there for him and listen to him and ask hard questions and care about them. And mm-hmm. I know that for, for anyone that does have the certifications that is you know, a, a therapist or a coach who knows everything about psychology, I know that that can only help someone. But in my experience, um, the people that have really poured into me, they they just seek to know me. I, I listened to a podcast the other day. I think his name was Adam Young. I'll have to check back, but I know he's a counselor. And he was talking about like neuroscience tells us how helpful and healing and powerful it is for us to be able to tell our stories. And as as people, as a mentor or as a friend or as a family member, if you can just learn to be an attuned listener to someone, how powerful and how healing it, or that can be incredibly healing and powerful for them. And so as I look at my life, the people that have poured into me the most, so often I'm just talking and they're asking questions. And I think that that's what me and Harry's relationship looks like. I, I really want to know him. And the goal is for me not to be this expert that gives him the keys to life, but it's more of just saying, Hey, I care about you and I want to listen. And so much of that is he's, he's kind of finding it on his own, but I mean, maybe I will get some sort of certifications or something someday. (laughs) Don't have any of that right now though. (laughs) Yeah. I think the point of my question and you answered it wonderfully is certainly if you have coaching certifications or clinical certifications, those are wildly important. And I mean, I have a coach and as Harrison said, he said everybody should have a coach. Uh, and and I just think that, you know, with coaching and mentorship, counseling, you know, there are fine lines and you need to know your role, right? Like, so so we need to be careful not to counsel someone clinically if we don't have the designations that, that we need to do to counsel someone on real important life matters, especially when you're talking about anxiety or depression or clinical things, right? But at the same time, coaching and mentorship can can really be closely aligned and they're very similar but i think the thing that has really struck me about the relationship that you two have described just even on this podcast but i've gotten to witness it is there's friendship with accountability and a lot of times a coach it's it's not really his place his or her place to be your friend it's 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 his or her place to help you achieve specific goals, whereas this is more of a um, ongoing uh, relationship that can kind of morph into many different things. You guys see it differently, Harrison? What do you think about that? I think that when I experienced my coach when I was a freshman in college, I always think of relationships as two way streets, and I think that. The only effort you're going to get out of it or the only results you're ever going to get out of anything is that if both of you put in the effort. And I think with the coach compared to the mentorship I've had that with the coach, you know, if I had an emergency or if I had any sort of, you know, big, big deal, I had to, you know, get an answer to or anything. I couldn't just come to him directly as I would with Hampton. Um, I think that when you say that it's a, it's more of the coaches, it's like, it's the coach's job to get you to succeed. 
And I think with a mentor, it's the mentor's job to see you grow and to see you prosper. And while me being a mentee to Hampton, I love when we get on the phone and we could honestly just talk about anything and it makes my day better. Um, I think when I met with the coach more, it was, we're going to talk about X, Y, and Z and why this is logically this. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I just think that a mentorship compared to a coach, it's just, it's more fulfilling to me, but -hmm. I think it's different for everyone as well. I think that if you're in like with Carisha, with the coach you have, I think that it's perfect for you because you have to make these big ordeal decisions. But when you're not on the job, who do you have to talk to just about your wife or about your kids or et cetera? So that's what I think mm-hmm. the difference yeah. really big for me is. Yeah. Yeah. That was well said, Harrison. Um, Hampton, what, what are some basic qualities that you think, you know, somebody's out there, they're listening to this and saying, okay, maybe I need to think about mentoring someone. What do you think of some of the qualities that, that are important? And if you don't possess those, then maybe men, being a mentor wouldn't be right. Yeah. Well, I, I would say you mentioned discipleship earlier. The whole model is that, you know, you are meant to be mentored, meant to be discipled, and then also pour out as well. I think no matter how old you are, if if we are to think that we have ever arrived or that we have all the knowledge or that there's nothing to learn, um, then then I, I might I might have a date with yourself and and say is that <laughs> is that really the case? So one, I think someone that is being mentored by someone else, that's gonna be that's gonna be huge. Um, and then also, I keep saying this, but it's just been on my mind a lot recently. You, you need to be much more willing to listen than talk. This mentorship is not about you. Uh, it is it is about the other person. Um, and I just think that, you know, you're, you're not here to rescue or, or save anyone. But I think finding someone like Harrison that is really driven, that occasionally just wants to talk to someone. Um, that's kind of the key, finding the person that that wants it, because you don't want to kind of like force somebody into something. Um, but again, having the humility to be mentored by someone and then also humility on the other end to not feel like you have to say all of these magical things, really just being able to to listen. Right. And you, you said uh, it's really about the other person, but yet something tells me you've received some benefit, too. So speak on those benefits. Yeah, absolutely. I think that what do we see when people find wild success in life, the, when they make all the money, when they uh, maybe they sell their business? I was talking to someone the other day who was like, yeah, I was thinking about selling my business for however many million dollars. And then my mentor said, hey, there's nothing wrong with doing this. But you know that if you sell this, then you lose your your vessel for mentorship, for discipleship. And so I think that there's lots of people that that do all the things they make all the money and have all the success but then what do they want to do they want to give back it's the it's the stanford professor or the harvard professor that they go back to the classroom they've made all the money they don't need to teach but they we have this innate desire to um to help other people and to pour out to them um as a christian i think that that comes from god and ultimately the the desire is to really make his name known. Not, not everyone uh, agrees with that and that's okay. But I think every human, no matter who you are deep down in you somewhere has the desire 
to have an impact on people. Every, everyone talks about, I just want to have an impact. And so absolutely, it's been a huge honor just to see Harry walk through some challenges, whether it's been deciding where he wants to spend his time or going through some health stuff here and there or trying to find an internship. It's been super fulfilling and rewarding just to see him continue to grow. Yeah. Harrison, how have you, you guys don't live in the same city. You're in Tuscaloosa. Hampton is in Birmingham. So it's close, but it's still an hour, over an hour away. How have you guys managed logistically? What 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 technology have you used? How, has it come easy or is it a struggle sometimes not being in the same city? Oh, it's been super, super easy, especially with technology nowadays. Don't um, say Snapchat, by the way, because I don't have Snapchat. <laughs> we, Snapchat. No, we don't do Snapchat. Um, everything from Zoom to just getting on the phone with each other. Um, we've met up one time and worked out. Had a good day there in Birmingham. It was awesome. Got some good barbecue as well. Uh, but you know, if if there's a will, there's a way to get a, to have a mentor. Um, if Hampton lived in California or New York, I would still I would still be getting the same sort of results that we've been getting from this mentorship. I think that it's been fulfilling whether I've seen his face over the phone or whether we're just texting during the day. So I think those were the main ways we've been communicating. So you would you would clearly ascribe to the fact that don't let distance keep you from entering into a, a relationship with someone else in this in this way. Yeah, yes, 100%. Yeah, 100%. yeah for, for sure. Um, you know, it's kind of cool to see the different mediums that are used, right? And uh, that, you know, I think sometimes social media and, and our technology gets a bad rap, but it can be used to to do some incredible, incredibly good things. And, uh, you know, this is one of us where it brings us closer together. And it, I mean, just doing this podcast, we're all kind of here yeah, in the 100%. same virtual room and having a great conversation <laughs> that I hope benefits those that are listening that might inspire someone to replicate in some form or fashion uh, what's taking place today. Harrison, I'll ask you the same question. Um, you know, is there anything else that you haven't shared that has been benefit to you? If you've if you got a story, I'd love to hear, you know, specifically something that Hampton walked with you through and maybe guided you and and, and was just a friend through the situation. Um, I would say, first off, the number one thing that I've sort of had with the mentorship is dependability is that Hampton's, he's my go-to guy, he's my rock when it comes to certain things. And when you have a mentor, and I'll just give an example, I got sick with some thyroid issues, probably, I don't know, was that, Hampton, when was that? Was that the first of the first of the year, school year? It was, yeah. No, it was right after Labor Day. I remember as a dad. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm like, right uh, yeah, Labor yeah, yeah. Day, so. Yeah, and I was sort of cooped up in my bed for, I don't know, a month, and I was getting blood tests back and forth, and we didn't know what was going on, and, you know, that's one, that's a scary time for anybody, and when you have somebody there that you can talk to, that, especially with kids my age, they, we, I talk to my family, my parents, obviously, but to have an extra person talk to you is always awesome, and I think that just me getting on the phone with Hampton and Hampton asking me questions about, oh, well, how are you feeling today or anything of that sort always helps out. I think just having anybody to talk to in general at any point 
in time always makes the situation better. I think that at any point in time when you're going through turmoil, trials, anything to, if you have somebody that you depend upon and you just speak freely, because I know that I can tell Hampton anything that it benefits, especially when your discipleship or your mentorship or anyone, when they hold you accountable, they're going to tell you the truth regardless, which is always great with a mentor. I think that anytime I ask Hampton a question, I know he's going to give my his genuine answer. He's going to tell me the truth, whether or not it's, you know, like yesterday on the phone, he was like, I know this may tick off somebody that's in college, but the real truth is getting up at 11 o'clock in the morning and sleeping in all day and doing this, et cetera, whatever. He's going to tell me the truth. And so anytime that you're going through these struggles, having that mentorship is always going to help you benefit from it, I think. Yeah. So Hampton, you are aware that Harrison got sick and you were there to help him through that process. And now that on the other side of this, he's healthy again, doing well. How does that make you feel knowing you walk through that with him and you are benefit? Very fulfilling. I, I think that, um, you know, the the best friends, and, and I, know, I mean, me and Harry, Harry are definitely friends uh, as well, but I would say that that's part of real authentic relationships. You walk through people, walk with people through the good stuff and, and the bad stuff. And one thing, this is a little bit off subject, but I, I feel compelled to share. I think that I heard once, I think it was my pastor that said, you know, it's, it's, it's a, re- it takes a really good friend to walk through hard things with other people or, or a mentor, like to stick around. Um, and, and Harry had such a good attitude in the midst of that. And and so it made it like a lot easier to, to be there and be available and everything for you. But the best friends are the kinds of people that celebrate, like genuinely celebrate when you get the job, when you get a promotion, when something great happens. And so I know in this context, we're in different seasons of life. This might be a little friendship thing on the side. You may have peers around you that your friend gets promoted and you wanted the job too. What does it look like to actually genuinely celebrate them, even though that might mean that they got something that you wanted? And I think for Harry, when he goes off to New York one day and is working at Wall Street, and I and I'm and I'm asking him to come visit his his house, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna celebrate him because now, not that it's not about this isn't about me, but if I got to play a small role in him doing big things one day. Um, I would be grateful for that. But yes, it's very rewarding to see you go through hardship and be out on the other side for sure. Yeah. And and, and Hampton, I think a lot of us, you know, especially myself, I'm obviously older than both of you. Um, you know, we look for these things, these intangibles in life, right? Like they were talking about, you know, discipleship, deep relationships, fulfillment, um, serving one another. You know, I'm, I'm talking about some deep stuff, right? And what did it cost for you to do this? Like it didn't, it didn't cost any money, right? It, it cost time, certainly, which is a resource. But talk about that because we're all like, it seems like we're all striving for that and we're trying to buy this and buy that and we're trying to buy these things, but it really doesn't come at a price. It comes at as an investment of, of really time. Mm. My favorite quote right now, or what, I don't want to say that, one of my favorite ones, I hear this at church a lot, is the price of community is the sacrifice of commitment, meaning we all want deep, authentic relationships. We all want community with other people, but the cost of that 
is is commitment. And so when you're tired, um, when you're busy, when you have other stuff to do, when you don't want to talk to anybody, yeah, I know. I, it, it's it's kind of like choose your heart. It's for those of us that want to be mentored or want to mentor someone or want to have deep community with other people. It's you got to choose your heart. It's it might be hard to do this while I'm really really busy, but it's also really hard to be lonely. And I'm gonna choose the community if it's that important to me. And so with Harry, it's like I have a lot going on. I'm I have a busy job, other friends, stuff with my church. I'm married, have a kid on the way. Uh, but I want this relationship with Harrison and I want it. I don't want it to be a waste of time and a waste of time would be being one foot in one foot out. Um, but really being committed to it is where you actually see the impact. And that's one thing I try to stand by as one thing I've noticed about myself. Um, I think my and, and Harry's generation is starting to get criticized for this. It used to be, yes, I will be there on Friday night. I will see you at six o'clock. And now it's, Oh, I'll kind of see what's going on, this, that, or the other. I think our generation, because of FOMO and social media, we're always seeing what's my best option and what does it look like to actually commit to someone and say, I'll be there no matter what. And, I, and I'm, I'm trying to do that with Harry. Um, and I think that that's, that's really what you want to do, need to do if you want to have like those deep relationships for somebody to know that you're going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Do you guys think uh, either one of you can answer this? Uh, is there a certain age that you need to be or what what do you think the best age uh, generation is like any age? What, what age do you think would be best for a mentorship? I guess I'll go ahead. Um, you know, I don't think there's a specific age because obviously, like I've learned a lot from you, dad, of course. Um, I've learned a lot from Ryan, my brother-in-law. Uh I've learned a lot from whether it was a football coach or a school teacher or even a professor. So I wouldn't say necessarily there is an age, but however, with me and Hampton, Hampton graduated, I don't know how many years, three, four years ago. And so he has a good idea of how social media is in my day and age, how college has transformed from the sixties to the two thousands. He knows what college is like. Um, so I, I wasn't in that, college in the 60s, by the way. If that was a shot at me. It wasn't a shot. It wasn't a shot. It okay. wasn't a shot. Um, but so I think that if a mentee, I mean, a mentor has been through some of the things, because everyone's experienced different things. Like, Keith, you've experienced different things than Hampton has. I would say Hampton's experienced more, more things generally like mine. So if you have a like minded mentor, I would say that is a good thing, but at the same time, I don't think age is necessarily a requirement. Yeah. Hampton? So I, I totally agree. I would say the great, the, the person that's had the most impact on Harry's life, I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, has to be you, Keith. I said this earlier, but so often he says, well, well my dad said this, well, Keith said this, I learned this from him. Uh, oh yeah, he had me do a book report on that when I was younger. <laughs> like and and so I uh, we didn't all have a, a great father, and I know that that can be this can be a hard subject for those of us that that didn't. Um, but for those of us that did, or for those of us that are parents, what an opportunity um, to invest early on because as your brain is developing, that's going to be the most impactful years. And then all I'm doing right now 
is making sure that all the stuff that's in his head that he learned in school from you in the church you had him going to is shifting down to his heart. And I know that because that's my story. It's like I had two parents and I know, again, we didn't all have this, um, but I had two parents that really loved me and like taught me all that they could. They weren't perfect, but they were amazing. And right when I was about Harry's age, that's where you start asking the question, do I actually like, do I just believe this stuff because that's, this is where I grew up or do I actually believe this? And fortunately enough, I was able to see a lot of that knowledge from my head move down into action as it went to my heart. And so um, I think that the coolest part is it's never too early to have a mentor and someone pouring into you. Ideally, you have that from an early age. And then as you're growing up, um, you know, I, I heard a pastor say, like, parents, it's not the youth group's job to to raise and disciple your kids. It's yours. And then you can use other elements of of the community to to help with that. My CEO holds back every one of his kids. I, t I told him it was for sports, but he says, no, it's an extra year of discipleship with them. And so I think, Keith, just to affirm you, how often you come up in our conversations is is unbelievable. So amazing job there. And then um, now I'm just helping Harry. Um, I'm making sure that he's just not giving me all the right answers. And I know that because I knew all the right answers when I was his age and he does too. And I'm here to say, hey, I know you know the right thing to say, but do you believe that and are you going to do it? Uh, and yeah. so I think that that's, that's been cool. And then to speak what you to what you said, Harry, I'm what, five, six years older. So it's to the point where I'm old enough to, to you know, maybe for you to look up to me a little bit, but not too old to where you're like, who's this old guy? I feel like I'm kind of relevant enough. So I like the age gap there too. Yeah, I think it's, I don't think there's really an age. Obviously the approach might be different from someone in middle school than someone that's 30 years old, for sure, when you do one of these uh, mentorship relationships. But I think it's I think it's important that you maybe keep the gap a little closer uh, because you're, you're really kind of uh, trying to reach back to the person you were five years ago and you've learned and you've grown and you can reach back and help that person that might be five or so years behind you and and help them help them grow. So, you know, as we start to close this up, um, you know, hopefully we've sparked some interest in those that might be out there that are thinking about uh, maybe being a mentee. Maybe they're going to go out and ask someone to, hey, would you mind mentoring me? That's perfectly acceptable. And I think like you mentioned, Hampton, if you were to go out and say, hey, would you mentor me? And this is where I need help. And this is where I need accountability. And would you be willing to do that? I think people would be flattered. So don't think for those that are listening that if you go do that, you're going to be a burden on someone. Most people that you would want to be mentored by uh, would look at it as a, a, a flattered and, and honored to do it. Um, and then there might be those that are saying, hey, I, I know this person that I could really benefit. Um, you know, I'm thinking about maybe reaching out to them. How would you guys just kind of summarize the best way to get started and Maybe just walk us through just real quickly kind of how it morphed into what you have today, because what you have today is pretty special. Yes, so I think um, we first, me and Hampton first met over the phone, right? And we sort of, I mean, he, he just told me, he said, spill it, spill everything. Uh, and I think that that's the perfect way to go is it's just when you think of it, again like it's a mentorship but at the same time it's just like talking to one of your friends 
So anything that your friend knows, the mentor should know. They, they honestly should know more. Um, so we started off and we got on a phone call and we just chit chatted it up. And then I think after two weeks or we just got another appointment. And the first thing we started on was goals and just the basic level of, well, Harrison, what are your long term goals? Where do you want to what do you want to see yourself in three years and how are we going to get there? And that's really just how we started. And then everything sort of blossomed from there. Uh, Hampton, whatever you want to add on to that. Yeah, well, I'll never forget you. Uh, you said you came to Birmingham once. You've actually come twice. We we split a massive pizza, I think, over that first conversation. Oh yeah. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. And so yeah, that hey, having a meal together if you can that that um that always wins. But Keith, to even some of your question of if you're listening to this and you're wondering, I really want to be mentored by someone. I think. I haven't had the experience necessarily of um, asking someone like, hey, can I mentor you? I mean, in college, there was a few guys that I led like in a Bible study. So actually, I take that back. I have. But I would say when you're asking someone for their time, um, often it's because you want to learn something from them. They're a little bit ahead of you in life. Maybe at that point, based on uh, at least what they do, their time might be very valuable, maybe more valuable than yours. And so you never want to waste anybody's time. Um, I think that coming prepared with questions, not having expectations of like meeting every week, but just asking somebody to meet like one time and say, Hey, I have these questions for you. I want to talk to you about this. I'd say, um, my wife uh, at, at one point in our life, uh, was meeting with, with an individual and this person came and would you, like, she asked her to meet and then she just sat there and was like waiting for, for Erica to start talking. And it was Hey, I think her, she, what she was feeling is I'm not here to 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 be a motivational speaker. Like I'm just here to hear about your life, and if you have questions, I'm happy to answer. And so, just knowing what is it that you, being able to clearly define, I see this in you, and I want to learn this from you, and I have these questions, and can I meet with you once? And if it's if this is life giving to you, then maybe we can continue. I think that would be maybe the, the best approach. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, guys, uh, this has been incredible. Um, I took down a ton of notes. Uh, you know, the overwhelming theme that we can't forget about in this social media, digital driven age is relationships matter. And we can we've talked about how we can use the tools to help communicate, but we have to show up. That's kind of what you were talking about there, Hampton, with the person your wife was was mentoring is you got to show up you got to be ready to give on both sides and you got to be prepared and when that happens uh, we can see the magic of relationships and how they build and how they grow and from um, I think overall Hampton you are really talking about and describing is is being a great listener being a friend just being someone that's dependable and then on the flip side from Harrison is showing up with the vulnerability and the willingness to to share and and to to trust as the relation obviously you can't just trust right out of the gate but as the relationship mm -hmm. develops you can take more and more steps to trust and then all of a sudden it kind of morphs into this you know beautiful relationship where both parties are benefiting uh, the mentee is is gaining knowledge and gaining wisdom and and it's growing and the mentor is receiving fulfillment 
and all the things that come through what a discipleship looks like. So, man, this has been really fun. It's really been cool to kind of be involved. But as you guys know, I don't I don't like metal much. Right. Like I don't I don't get involved in this. I just leave it alone. And it's really cool to see how this is developed. I will say the other day I meant to send Keith a text because I hadn't texted him in a while. And I said, Harry's really crushing it with, with his internship applications. <laughs> and I accidentally sent it to Harry. And then my follow-up, I promise you, I don't text your dad like every time. It was a bad look. I thought I almost yeah. got in trouble there for a second. Yeah, no, I was. I, it was funny. It was funny. Yeah. yeah, well, you guys, I think a lot of people that listen to this will be uh, – hopefully envious, and it will motivate them to want to replicate this out in some way, either mentor or mentee. And that was the goal of the show today. So, uh, I I mean, I love you guys both, and I appreciate you guys. And uh, uh, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks Thanks for having us. so much, Keith.